and good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. We are at episode 46 for my cinema podcast, brought to you by Dark Matter TV. Dark Matter TV is a streaming platform where you can find not just current genre entertainment and horror, sci-fi, thriller, and action, but also classic content that takes you back to the great old days of late night cable and finding those cult and classic films that they just don't make anymore. Available for download on Android or Apple or visit darkmattertv.com. It's free, it's fun, and it's gonna grow. This week's episode is a fantastic interview with filmmakers Joe Pomerico and his wife Christine James Walker. And they have a fantastic motion picture called Mentally Apart, which you can find on Amazon. Uh, They made the film on their own, uh, finding their own financing, and most of all, made a film, which I have seen the movie. They have made a film that is uniquely different. This is very much a a tip of the hat to David Lynch. Uh, Eraserhead comes to mind, Uh, even Polanski's Repulsion. This is a very stylistic film that evokes, even in its uh, its photography, a very Blade Runner kind of Ridley Scott feel to it as well. As you know, cinema is not about film reviews. Uh, I would love for you to go out there and rent the film, uh, support uh, two fantastic indie filmmakers that are getting the job done. What you will learn from this interview is about dedication and most of all, traversing some pretty treacherous waters uh, to not only just get this thing made, but to get it out there. So if you're a filmmaker with something already in the can or about to be in the can, and you know what this is like working on budgets, uh, you know, improvising, doing whatever it takes to get this thing done, you also know that once you have it done, there's a whole other issue of getting it out there. So please enjoy this interview and check out their film, Mentally Apart, available on Amazon. The link to the film is in my show notes. I'm Joe Pomerico. I'm the writer, director, editor, executive producer of Mentally Apart. It's a new feature film uh, just completed. And I'm Christine James Walker. I'm starring in Mentally Apart, and I also am an executive producer. Well, it's, it's great to have you both on here. And I'm going to start this episode out because you're really the the first pandemic interview that I've done for this show. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and, and the reason why I'm, I'm making mention of that is it is already hard enough to make a movie under normal circumstances, let alone against the backdrop of a pandemic and shutdowns. And now, uh, even though your film is done, uh, I would love for you to be able to tell people eventually in this interview uh, how you're navigating the waters in, in the sale of this film. How did you do it? We have quite a story for you. First off, thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. I had another script written, actually, and it was it's a Western. And that's been in development for a few years now. And it's, it's something of a big budget type of project, you know, where you need big money. And I always said to Christine that, um, you know, it, it, just getting that money alone when you're a first-time director, and I say first-time meaning, like, first time feature director you know because i've done numerous short films um in the past um i said you know we got to make something that's marketable to show what it is we can do with practically nothing you know it's like because we're in a situation where you know chances are you're not going to get a million dollars for a budget 
if you haven't done a full feature. What if uh, we just I was sitting on the couch and I was just like, what if we just did a movie about a couple in an apartment? We decided to tell a story that could relate to most people who have been in relationships. You know, like we're keeping the plot simple. We're keeping the locations to a minimum, which was just one location. You know, because you got to think about budget and what you have to work with, what limited resources you have to work with. It started turning out as like, you know, a couple, you know, they start out, you know, like how any relationship is. It's like everyone's happy. It's like a fairy tale. And then, you know, not all, but I'd say most, you know, because, uh, you know, people go through breakups and things like that. It, you know, around the six month mark, it probably kind of starts to slow down and diminish a little bit. And you start to realize, eh, maybe this is not the person right for me. We decided to add the psychological thriller aspect in the mix. We wanted to like twist people's minds and, you know, somehow try to make it as, you know, uh, make it somewhat of a wild ride uh, in just one location. Because, you know, people tend to get bored easily, you know, if it's just two actors and you just never go anyplace else. I mean, that's kind of like the process with writing was trying to think of ways to entertain everybody. So basically where we went from there was once the story was written, it was developed in a couple of months. We went back and forth. We developed the story, the concepts, Joe wrote, obviously the script, but we, we collaborated and this whole movie was everybody pulled a lot of, favorites so you know it was joe and i and larry bernardo who also who's starring in it with me we used his house as our location so pretty much whatever we had at our disposal for the budget we used you know our own clothing our own makeup we didn't have a hair and makeup person i basically used props that i could conjure up around the house or the prop budget was very small we had a very, very limited crew. Obviously, we needed a professional sound person, but it was a lot of favors. Everyone wore like 30 to 50 hats each. You know, we all had a ton of responsibilities. Pretty much like four people in total were doing the job of 200 people. I mean, the thing is, too, for filmmakers who are trying to just, you know, make something like, you know, that's what we did. Like I've worked, we worked on big budget productions. We've worked with, uh, you know, famous people i used to be spike lee's assistant so i've been close next to him i see how it works i know how it works in the corporate office you know i see how the budgeting works i see how you know so i've already had all that experience what things do you really need and uh how can you get them like when we're talking about crews you know these were friends of ours right friends of ours some of us have went to college with basically like how we got everyone together is that we wrote out contracts you know some people got uh paid up front um and then some people get some points on the back end because when we distribute it then they you know get their percentages so that's one way of trying to gather a crew because nowadays especially the independent film community i do see it drastically changing because i understand like everybody wants to get paid even though like if you haven't had the experience yet it's a good incentive to offer like you know back end points and work from there so that certain people that are new to it can get the experience you need good actors you need a good story you need a good camera and you need sound joe actually had been in contact with sasha blanc who is a composer from germany and he had found joe on imdb on a project that was in development 
and they had started talking. We've never even met Sasha in person, but he's a tremendous composer. And, you know, working back and forth, that was pretty much how the whole, the music was developed. And that was a huge plus. And, you know, that elevates the film's uh, quality and caliber so much. When making a movie, it's like, and you have to know what, what you have and what you don't have. So you got to write it to that, Think with that in the back of your mind. I've done short films that had a bigger budget than this feature, and it's sometimes and it you know it felt nicer then because I had all the toys I could work with, you know, like your dolly and camera cranes and all that stuff. But with the feature, it's like you know you just got to work with what you got, and um, you know our budget was only seven thousand dollars. That's the that's another ongoing thing. It's like you tell somebody, oh yeah, so we did this feature for seven thousand, and they're like, "What'd you shoot on an iPhone?" And not only that, but features <laughs> with seven K. I mean, it's unheard of. And if it is something that someone does, people just expect it to be so terrible. So people don't even give it. You know, a lot of independent film gets a bad reputation because people, you know, they're trying. I'm not putting anybody down because I've been in movies that. Are kind of unwatchable just because people didn't know it was, you know, it was. It's it's hard to make a movie. I mean, we ran into a lot of problems because we had ten days to shoot it, and there's a lot of content there. And then Joe and Larry built a dolly. You with, do get what you pay for sometimes. Yeah, um, we had <laughs> yes. we had a lot. We had a lot of obstacles from day one. Um, the camera was giving us issues every time we rolled for long because our movie is long dialogue scenes so when the camera started to overheat which we didn't know that the camera package that we um because we got a camera package for a very good price but with that we didn't know until it was too late that the camera would overheat and the fan would the internal be, fan the internal fan was so, so loud and then it would automatically shut off right when we had the yeah. gold <laughs> so we shot it with a broken camera pretty much from day one oh. to the end the thing so i didn't even like get the camera till the night before and you know unbeknownst to me is, is that the right yeah phrasing? um <laughs> that the internal fan was busted so when it would record it would overheat within a minute and a half and it did that every time we recorded and then sometimes we had to hold the camera out the window just to cool it down because uh -huh. it was cold <laughs> yeah and we had christine you know and larry they, they had very emotional christine mostly had very emotional takes and uh it would be you know it would suck we had to adr because of the whole thing with the fan the problem there that was just one obstacle we had to ADR and I'm not trained in ADR or any of that Joe had to really use his directorial skills to help me get there for that and we did all of that in the apartment with a microphone that I had because I used to sing in a band and we did it all right here in our apartment and it you know that was a whole new um technique and and craft that i learned just from this project know exactly what you want before you start people usually gather together and like try and figure out a shot it's like if you're the director if you're the writer if you're act like th whatever you're doing you stick with it you should know exactly what you're going to do and the more people involved the more cooks in the kitchen i guess to be sound a little cliche um it's just gonna create more time wasted um you're gonna lose money 
Um, you know, it's, it, it's not going to turn out the way you want it to, you may, you know, so I, I always urge people like when they're going to make a movie, know exactly what you're going to do. And if some, if you, if, if a problem happens, if there's an issue, just solve it immediately, learn how to solve it immediately. Joe would, you know, make the shot lists, know what we were going to do. And then like, let's say the dolly was making too much noise because it was made from a couple pieces of wood and some screws and some little roller skate wheels that, you know, I mean, save the money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Home Depot homemade uh, dolly there. And, you know, things like that. Okay. You alter the shot, but you still stick to uh, an artistic vision and you don't make it a big deal. You hit, you know, and that was something that we were encountering a lot in this business. Now, the way it's become, that, you know, everybody wants to be a filmmaker, right? I've noticed with the festival circuit, we tried to, you know, go the festival route. And it's kind of like a catch-22 now with the festivals, which is very strange to me because when I started in this industry, the festivals were a place for independent, unknown, upcoming filmmakers to get discovered, to be recognized, to be given the opportunities to work on a bigger budget project and get funding for the next thing. And now what I'm noticing is that filmmakers like us are not being accepted into these festivals because we don't have A-list actors and we're unknowns. And But I thought that was the whole point of a festival and it's not anymore. Um, in order to get into a festival like Sundance or SXSW or Tribeca or, you know, I just don't understand why you have to have a-list actors with a well-known director, with a well-known producer in order to get into the festival. What's the point of having a festival then if we're the independent filmmakers? How are we supposed to, as independent filmmakers, as actors that, you know, because I've done the auditions, I've done the independent, other independent films, I've done the one-liners on big productions, I've done all that, but it's like, after a while, I want something with substance. That's another catch-22 as an actor and as a filmmaker. <laughs> you have to make your own project. But then when you make your own project and it actually has value and it is something that can show your range as an artist, no matter what you know, you're doing, directing, acting, whatever, how do you bridge that gap when you used to be able to use the film festival circuit as your vehicle where's your playground now? How do you get it out there? Because with streaming too, you need that third party distribution. You need all these things. So it's really, it's like once you, you gotta watch out once you actually complete the film and then you have your product, how do you get it to market? How do you avoid the scams? You know, and this is something that we've been facing and we got, we self-distributed on Amazon. Um, and and that, we were, we had a sales rep and everything that we could have gone through, but this is the problem going that route is that at the end of the day, there's all these fees and all these deductions. Oh <laughs> yes, it's like oh yeah, then like in the contracts, like you can audit the person. Yeah, but you yeah, like <laughs> oh I have seven. I just spent I just lost spent seven thousand dollars on a movie. And they know this, and that's why they can get away with it. And that's yes. why you got to be careful because. They're the bottom feeders taking advantage of people that have their hands tied. Well, there's been quite a few of this. That's the thing. I've seen more and more distributors that are taking advantage of independent filmmakers. And, you know, that's 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 another thing. That's 
one of the things that need to stop. And I don't want to. I want to go back before real quick. I don't want like I'm sure there's some listeners. I don't want people getting it twisted like as if uh, you know if we submit our film to festivals and we're just hurt by the fact that we weren't you know selected. It was almost it was obvious that you know that wasn't going to happen regardless because I mean I already I like working in the business. I already know like who's gotten invites to those things. You know what I mean. Yep. So it's it's like I already I know full on, you know, yeah, you, you send them into the festivals because you want to feel a little optimistic about it. But chances are you're not going to get in regardless. And I already know firsthand that that's the process, you know, some of these festivals are 200 something dollars. And yep. yes, we did make the mistake of submitting. And then when you check to see if they watch the film, you get your your letter of um you know, sorry, you've been, you know, denied here, um, your rejection letter. And then you check the analytics. Nobody's watched it. Yep, and I nobody watched out, it. Yeah, I reached yeah. out. And then I said, well, nobody watched it. Oh, well, we have on record that one person viewed it. Okay, so it comes down to one person. So even if that one person actually did watch it, which they didn't, it was a lie. And they refused to give you your money back. So that's also another scam that we're facing. It is. You know, and then if it's one person, how do you decide? How does one person decide? You know, that's another thing, too, is that some of these deals that are going around, too, is that people will put like a package together of movies. If you get up, you don't get any upfront money like, you know, your movie could be packaged with like 10 other movies and somebody might get a nice chunk of change. Uh, for that package movies, but that money doesn't go to you or the other filmmakers um, with the distributors and everything. And, you know, before you know it, you sign your movie away and uh, it's just kind of like you're like, kind of like faded in the dust. And they have exclusive rights. That's another thing everybody who's making an independent film should watch out for is beware of exclusive rights. And there's loopholes in the contracts because when the um, exclusive agreement expires, they can sometimes automatically just renew that without you even having any say. There's a lot of unfortunate people that might be listening to the podcast, you know, that don't know. And, you know, we like to give people, you know, we, it, sometimes there's people that you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. There's people that have no idea what's going on, but you know what, we'll just... Uh, have full control over our product. And in terms of our investors for this movie, um, you know, Joe and I put, we worked and saved money to make this. And then we had a couple of friends and family put in a couple of bucks, but that was really, you know, where we got the money. It wasn't. Yeah. That's how we got, well, with the funding. Yeah. We, we, um, I do, I do microblading. Joe and I both have our tattoo licenses and we both for survival jobs, we, um, do I do like cosmetic tattooing, so eyebrows and stuff. So I told Joe, I said we, I tattooed a lot of eyebrows for this movie. <laughs> yeah, she she worked all hard, and I spent like the next six seven months on the computer put in post production because I it you know at the end of it, it was um. You Joe know, did everything. Joe Joe was a one man show. He edited the whole thing hours at the computer crippled i did the effects yeah i mean and then you got sasha blank who did the uh music uh the incredible music um and uh martin who was our sound um mixer at the end of the day he was the last 
person on board who really turned it up completely. Like it just changed the whole movie when he sound mixed it. But uh, and we were very fortunate because we found talented, de- dedicated people that believed in the project that weren't in it for the money, and that's why they were in it for the project. And that's very hard to find. You might find somebody that's in it, but they they might be very new. And, you know, you don't really know. I'm not saying that they shouldn't work because everybody needs to start somewhere and have experience. But we were lucky enough to have people that were experienced and, um, you know, and, and were willing to do the work. Here's another point to make out to the, the newcomers. Don't believe anyone that promises you the world. And no deal is done in a pressure cooker because we were pressured. And we didn't we didn't fall for it. So everybody look out for that too. No deal is made in a pressure cooker. The real deals are made, um, you know, in your own time. You're not told you have ten minutes to sign a contract. <laughs> I have so many original ideas, but it's just they're just relying on the remakes and the reboots. I was going to say you didn't get the, the memo. Nobody wants original ideas. No, nobody <laughs> wants that. No. Because everybody's like, oh, look, something shiny. Everyone's like, you know, and I love Dory from Finding Nemo. But, you know, you put that light in front of her, she forgets. But let's just put it out there in the universe for everyone to hear. The distributors don't know shit. Our hopes now are just to have, to get so that Mentally Apart gains some recognition. That's really where we're at right now. Um in you know we put it on amazon we're going to release it on prime for a little while see how that goes maybe get some recognition and see if we that'll give us the opportunity to maybe do the next project um you know and that was really our hope was to use it as a springboard like you said to say okay this is what we could do with 7k and like two crew members per day what can we do you know is somebody willing to take a chance on us for the next project and Get, give a bigger investment. You Boring can't get recognition. the job without the agent, but you can't get the agent without the credits. So, yep. Patty, where do you go? Like exactly. Or world, something like that, you know? And then, you know, where it turns out you look out for people, but yet they don't look out for you. That's another thing that's changed, I feel well, like. Well, and the, and the role of, of agents has also changed because they're, they're not so much agents or representatives anymore as they are gatekeepers. And their their number one attitude is, uh, we don't care how good your script is. Uh, what are you paying my client? Because I want to make the most commission. Yeah. But to to wind this down, I wanted to say also, um, let everybody listening know, where can they find your film? Where can they find you? Okay. Um, so you can find uh, me. I have my website, joepomerico.com, J-O-E-P-O-M-A-R-I-C-O.com. Uh, that's, you'll find, you know, my bio and some, Short films that I've uh, uh, done and a uh, few interviews here and there. And the movie uh, Mentally Apart is out on Amazon. Um, it's in the U.S. and the U.K. and Germany. And uh, It'll soon... be coming to Japan very soon. Yes. We're just uh, waiting on the, uh, the, the subtitles to be completed. And real quick, what do you have coming up next? Well... What 
what I've been working on before Mentally Apart was a Western script I wrote um, mm -hmm. and will be directing. It's called Death's Just a Jingle Away. Um, I actually uh, wrote this script uh, inspired by my wife, Christine, you know, and other women who have been victims of sexual assault. And I wanted to tell a, 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 a female-led um, revenge story um, and it doesn't play like your typical Western. Um, I actually, there is, I have an agent I freelance with, it's Christine, one of Christine's age, uh, agents freelances with, he showed the script to some producers and they said to me, or they said to him, I'm sorry. Uh, they said, okay, you have a Quentin Tarantino script, but who's Joe Pomerico? And not that I, uh, I'm like, a, I write like Quentin. It's just that, um, it's what it is. It's very witty, but it's it is filled. With, you can't really categorize it in any genre. You know, Western setting, yes, but it's a drama. It's action packed. It's it it, it it's uh, funny. Um, but uh, I like to. I wanted to um, write a, a movie that represents female empowerment, but it's for men too, also um, to watch. It's not just for a female audience and i actually was on this path writing the script before the me too movement before the harvey weinstein went scandals went public before time's up um i already had written this script and then once all this stuff happened i'm like thinking like this this should be the perfect time for a movie like this um to be made and that's where the big budget comes into play and um so i've been in development for that for a couple of years now um, and that's why we did Mentally Apart, because we wanted to just like, all right, we don't have uh, $10 million to make the Western. Um, so let's just make a feature and show what we can do. And maybe somebody could see that and say, like, how holy shit, like, how the fuck did they do this with this amount of money? You know, and, you know, let's see what they can do with, uh, like you said, a million dollars. And one more thing. Also, we're all working on a, uh, on a comedy uh, series as well um christine and i and uh chris roach who's a dear friend of mine and he was uh he was on that show kevin can wait so we we're trying to get going on that um christine do you have anything you want to nope i'm just very thankful that you had us on the show and we're really grateful that you know it's wonderful to speak to like-minded individuals and filmmakers and i think what you're doing is amazing and i'm very thankful for you know this opportunity to come on and it was really great, uh, you know, speaking with you and everything. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And, and my regards to both of you for the same, uh, because, you know, this is this is important for other people that are out there to know uh, what you had said earlier. And that is you're, you're not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that we're we're out there and we're all experiencing this. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, you feel like you're being gaslighted. And and that's that's the really the underbelly of this industry where the illusion is, is that they all want to celebrate individuality and creativity. No, they don't. It is a machine. After all this, uh, you know, basically for anybody that's trying to make a movie that wants to make a movie and, you know, your first time, like we've already had experience. So we wouldn't we can't be fooled by people that would try and take advantage. But you got to, you know, be very careful, do your research. If it and, sounds too good, it's because it is. Yep. Yeah, that's basically what it is.
and make relationships, network, 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 yes. network. You know, even go intern on a production job if you can. You know, just that's how I started. Check out my cinema blog on horrorfuel.net and download Dark Matter TV for your Apple or Android devices.